Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. Oh, I'm, I'm laughing because, um, so Steph, as many of you know, is in the outback somewhere in the middle of nowhere on her yes. uh, road trip. And wherever she is, while she has a good connection, there's a good three second delay <laughs> yeah. after everything I say. And it's just making me laugh a bit because it just sounds like this really long pause. But we'll edit all this. You guys won't even notice. But it's uh, the joys of recording remotely. <laughs> I am currently in Karatha, Western Australia, kind of actually landlocked. I can't go anywhere. The highways are broken below, the closed flooded above. So I'm just kind of hanging out here, working, figuring out or waiting it out to see what's next. I mean, aren't we all waiting it out right now to go traveling again? (laughs) We're still waiting it out with COVID. (laughs) I mean, I got out to go traveling and here I am. (laughs) Just stuck. Yeah, I know. Well... It's it's just, you know, we can't fight it. We can't fight it. We just got to let it run its course. Um, but with that said, you know, again, guys, we have been, I think, putting out consistent content for the last year since this coronavirus business has been happening, even though we haven't really been able to travel a whole lot. And Steph and I are trying something a little new today. Yes. So, you know, we've talked a lot about escapism, you know, we can't travel. So what can we do to get ourselves pumped up to be able to really travel again? And one of the things I think we've talked about is, you know, watching films and reading books and, you know, about all of our favorite travel content and what we decided to actually start doing. And this is going to be the first of, you know, not many episodes, but some episodes. A sprinkling of. A sprinkling of is a, a Steph and Andrea movie review of some of our favorite travel films so we're doing that today and i'm gonna let steph you're gonna tee this up because i had actually never seen this film before steph this is one of your faves 
Yes. So I was really excited to get you to watch this because I've watched this movie, honestly, probably well over 100 times. And it is called The Way. It was released in 2010. So guys, there's going to be spoilers in this episode. But if you haven't seen it, it came out 11 years ago. So what what can we do? Yeah. Um, and the Too base... bad, so sad. <laughs> it's going to be get spoiled. <laughs> yes. And I mean, we're not going to tell the whole plot line. Like hopefully when you leave here today, you leave wanting to see the movie. But mm. yeah, the basic premise of, is, of it is... So it's directed by and stars Emilio Estevez and Martin Sheen, real life father son. Does anyone, I really hope when I did that, someone understands that reference. Steph, do you understand it? Someone, someone probably did, but it was not me. Emilio, Night at the Roxbury. All right. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Continue. Someone will understand that and laugh (laughs) along with my Emilio. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) And the premise is, is Emilio Estevez, he is, you know, someone who wants to see the world, who goes out traveling, exploring, just wants to see everything there is out there. And his father, obviously, is a prestigious doctor who frowns upon his lifestyle, wants him to settle Mm -hmm. down. And then he decides he's going to walk the Camino de Santiago and he passes away. He dies on the Mm -hmm. journey and his father has to go collect him go collect his body and so it all starts with that premise of him going over there to collect his son's body who's died on this journey so the movie actually follows the journey of his father it's not actually about the son it's about the father the the father ends up taking the he, he it's almost like he finishes this journey that his son took on it's very touching it's a very touching film yeah, and they really build up this narrative at the beginning of the movie, you know, about how he's a hoity-toity doctor, and he just, his fun time is golfing with his buddies, and I mm-hmm. will say, the very the very beginning, he's out on the golf course with his friends, and he gets the call on the golf course that his son has passed away, and this scene sets the tone for me to bawl my eyes out every, it doesn't matter that I've seen it a hundred times, Mm-hmm. This is where I start crying. Do you oh, cry because it's because yeah. it's like someone's died or are you crying because he's died doing something he loves? Like what's when you cry, what is the emotion Ugh. inside of you? Where is that coming from? <laughs> I cry. <laughs> I cry because I'm imagining a parent's pain of what that call okay. would be like telling you out of nowhere that your child has died. Like, for some reason, mm-hmm. that's just, like, I put myself in his shoes, and then it starts taking over me how that would feel, which is awful. Um, yeah. And then I express that through tears. And it consistently, As every time. Someone that is sad, that's usually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what happens? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing, and I'm not laughing at the fact that, know, anyways, Emilio Estevez well, dies, and it is sad, because it's Emilio Estevez, <laughs> and I would be distraught if Emilio Estevez was my son and he died. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, and this, one of my favorite quotes also comes from this movie, and it's as his dad's preparing to get ready, and he's talking uh, to his receptionist at work, who's just handling all his work, you know, needs since he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And you can it's like, you know, a father breaking down over the child's death. And he just says, so defeated, he says he wanted to see the world. And his receptionist says, and he did. And for some mm-hmm. reason, every time, like, by this point, I've, like, pulled myself together. You know when you've been bawling and then you pull yourself together and then something happens and 
it's just like a deep dive back into bawling. Mm, That's not quote. really. Oh. You're you're a little bit more like on that sensitive side that I. Here's the thing, right? We're gonna and this is we're gonna talk more in this movie. I. I probably have a, a few different views of this film than Steph does. Still a great film. Don't get me wrong. But I think Steph probably does a lot more crying in it while <laughs> yeah, watching it. Well, there's it. parts of it I'm probably giggling a little bit at. Because there is a little bit of a cheese factor element to it. But that's just me yeah. <laughs> saying that. Yeah. That's yeah. fair enough. So, <laughs> some of it and we'll get to that we'll get to the parts i've picked out the moments that i'm like whoa that's cheese but i get you know it makes sense and i'm sure steph has picked out the really sentimental moments and i'm sure some of them are the same moments <laughs> <laughs> that's well so he obviously he flies to france he goes there he has to you know confirm it's his son and then you know originally he flies over there with the intention of bringing his son's body back for mm-hmm. a burial and then when he you know, goes to view his son. The police give him all his son's belongings, which was, you know, his backpack, everything he needed for the trip to hike the sun, the Camino, just all of his stuff, pictures. And so you see him going through it. And it's such an, like for me, it was such an emotional scene. And you just yeah. see a click in him where he decides he is going to finish the walk for his son. And he decides to have his son cremated so that he can spread his ashes so that he will continue the Camino with his son and how much like I'm about to cry just like okay don't cry I also though I'll say I found that very touching when I was watching Martin Sheen who I'll just say I just love Martin Sheen anyways I just love him anything he does (laughs) I'm like oh Martin Sheen so like anything he does I think is just like adorable but yeah there is that scene where he's just looking at everything and you can tell it's almost like he's like something sparked in his eyes where he's you know he's maybe starting to realize like oh shit I've really not done much with my life you know it's just the beginning though it's just the beginning where it's like this hint of he's like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna finish the walk but you can tell part of him wants to do it for himself as well and it's it is touching but i I have to ask well i think i while i was watching this the one part i i was i was still a bit confused about how did the son die because for those of you that don't the the Camino Trail is not like Everest. Like in my head, I was like, oh, he's died in some like because of exhaustion or something. But it's not. Does it say in the film like how he dies or he's just in an accident and he dies? Uh, No, they say that he dies in a storm. So he didn't make it to the hostel. So he set out up camp and a storm came through. And whether I don't they don't actually say because I'm sure they say that would create more questions. Um, They just say that he died. in a storm while camping because at night I think on the trail. For those that don't aren't familiar with this trail, like some would think when they're watching the beginning of the movie that it is like, you know, like an Everest trek by the sounds of it. They're like he's died in an accident on the trail, and it's not. It's you know, it's a trail that you, you're walking through like towns and on roads and. But I mean, it's for it's for the film factor, and I get that. I just wasn't sure if I'd missed something. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I wasn't no, sure. you didn't. They, I think they purposely leave it vague because how he died actually doesn't matter too much. Just that he okay. did die. Yeah. So fine. All right. So moving on. So he decides to take the the walk, and I want to say as well. There's a part before that where there's this like flashback scene, and he's in mm-hmm. the car with his son, where he's saying, you know, his son is like, "Dad, I want to see the world. I'm gonna drop out of." law school or whatever he was he's in one of those schools because again you know in the films they're always in law school or medical school dad i just can't do it i want to see the world and his martin sheen is saying well son 
this is the life you chose. And I think one of my favorite lines from the, from the yeah. film, and it's the, this, I know, Steph, this is probably, you see the sentiment value in it. I saw the absolute cheese factor, but it was still great. Aww. Emilio Estevez looks over at his dad and he says, Dad, you don't choose a life, you live it. <laughs> and I just slow clapped i was like yes emilio <laughs> and steph i'm sure you shed a tear when he said that <laughs> i did i was just like people who live that like hoity-toity like life is serious and everything's yeah. serious like they need that reminder live but it life, is bitches. true it is true and i am with you on that i think it was it's just the delivery in a film you don't choose a life you live it well and it you know i'm like oh and cheese I- but true <laughs> cheesy but true but I actually think that's a relatable moment for probably myself and a lot of people who listen to this podcast, because how many of us do travel, want to see the world, who have parents who've been either like, you know, when are you going to settle down? Or, oh, that's cute. You did it for a year. You're going to settle down now, right? Or when are you going to meet? Like, you get all those questions of parents like, okay, you did your thing now. Now pull it together. And no, like, get your I life think it together. Was a relatable oh, moment. totally. I'm with you on that. I'm sure my parents are probably still waiting yeah. for me to settle down. I don't know when that's going to happen. I'm waiting for myself to settle <laughs> down. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're breaching well, 40 now. And- <laughs> so- <laughs> you touched on, you touched on a thing already that I think is big overarching theme of this movie is when he starts, when he decides he's going to complete the walk you know, he's really doing it for his son. Whereas, you know, by the end of the movie, you know, you discover you were right. doing it for you. So, you know, he starts off on the trail. He's really, you know, he's really closed off, really confrontational. Like, I'm doing this for a purpose. I'm going to get beginning yeah. to end. And that's, I think, in the beginning, you can tell he's really not, he doesn't want to be there. And I think a big part of the yes. film and, and, you know, he he meets people along the way, which I think if anything resonated with me the most in this film, it's people that you meet and become very close with in a very short period of time, mm-hmm. which we've always said with traveling, for some reason, you just end up bonding with people in such a short span of time, which he does. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of, well, all of the characters that he does this with. Yeah. But at the beginning, There's... he's very closed off. And you can tell he's closed off because he's like, he doesn't want to be there anyways. And I don't know. Should we talk about the first character? I can't even remember his name. Yeah, his name was Juiced. Yeah, Jost. so he. I, I I love this guy. I do, but he's quite persistent. Like, if, he he meets him. He meets Martin Sheen. What is Martin Sheen's name? I'm just keep calling him Martin Sheen. What's his character name? Oh jeez. We don't even know. You don't Come even on. know. You've seen this movie a thousand times. It's fine. He's gonna be Martin Sheen. He's Martin Sheen. Away. <laughs> It's Martin no. Sheen. It's fine. Okay. So Martin Sheen, he meets this guy at, he's sitting and having dinner at a restaurant and then Dutchman Juice just sits down and he's like, what's up? And he ends up being quite persistent with him, like wanting to be his, his friend, which here's the thing I take from this. It's like when we're traveling, I mean, take a hint, buddy. That's all I could think of. He, he won't leave him yeah, alone. I mean, He's quite annoying. Yes. <laughs> you definitely pick that up on the movie. But I also, it's also a little bit of that, um, like, have you ever seen that meme that's like, how do introverts make friends? Yeah. And it's like an extrovert adopts them, like whether they want to be adopted or not. So wait, who's the introvert? It me of that angle as well. Who's the introvert? Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Okay, got it. Yeah. 
And Drew's this extrovert who's adopting him, whether he's into it or not. Right. Because <laughs> like, he, he's just like, we he no really friends. comes off as what we would call a stage five clinger. At no point, and that's so over the course of like a couple days, they end up, you know, walking the trail together. But like Martin Sheen is just not interested. He's like walking at his own pace, and there's the Dutch guy just like, you know, following him. And I just couldn't think, uh, like, I just kept thinking something like walking this trail. A lot of people do do it as a spiritual you know thing for themselves and maybe they don't want to be walking with someone and this guy is like you are going to walk i'm going to walk with you and i just couldn't i mean i just don't know why martin sheen didn't turn around and be like dude fuck off my son just died and i'm having a moment because he also keeps it completely secret which i didn't understand that either why doesn't he just tell him because the guy actually says oh there was a, a guy that died on the trail two weeks ago well, I think because he's a very closed off man. He doesn't open up. He doesn't. And that's part of the traveling experience, too, is you really open up. Like, I've been traveling and suddenly I'm talking to someone. I'm like, why am I telling them the most true. intimate details of my life? And that's I just met true. them. So that's part of his journey, too. Like, he starts a very standoffish man. And you follow that journey so as he goes. just open him up a little bit, do we think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he offers him weed as well which i i love it because he did it was like the stereotypical dutch it was like oh i've got a joint oh here i've got some drugs you can take to help you sleep (laughs) and then yeah bike it in and then what was the other thing he said he's like if it ain't dutch it ain't much which i'm like oh for god's sake like i come from a dutch family and nobody actually ever says that (laughs) (laughs) can i tell you one cool thing about this movie is so there's only four four main characters other than Mm -hmm. um emilio estevas who plays daniel in the movie but martin sheen who actually plays tom his name is tom in the movie that's it there we go (laughs) he um so there's martin sheen and then there's three other main characters juice is one of them Mm. they all actually play characters from where they're actually from so they tried to actually pull in as much truth from these actors into the characters as they could which i just thought was kind of you know, well, a bit of authenticity. It was, but I have to say, so I'm going to just bring in the other character now. The Canadian chain-smoking <laughs> woman. Right? Now, this what's her name? I'm re- I'm actually bad. I I am terrible with names. Her name's Sarah. In, in general. Sarah. Okay, so he meets this Canadian woman, right? She's mm-hmm. and chain-smoking. And all I could think of was like, "Oh my god, that's me." Like that's me from okay. like 10 years ago. <laughs> okay. Except she didn't look like she was in her 20s. She looked, you know, mid-40s, whatever. And she, she's like, again, like chain smoking, but she sounds like a, she speaks like a Hollywood actress. And I was like, where's this woman from? And I, I was like, she's Canadian? Like, yeah. she didn't sound Canadian to me at all. And I looked up this actress and she's from Vancouver. Yeah. But it's like this woman, whoever this actress is, has picked up this, like, the old time Hollywood like you know what i mean it was like this very faint i was like is she from new york is she pretending to do like is she british doing a canadian accent because you know sometimes you hear or aussies when they do american accents so i had to look this woman up and i'm like no she's actually canadian i don't even know who the actress is i never heard of her but yeah so she i looked it up and then that's when i also realized all the characters they all are authentic you know they're not played by someone pretending to be but to me i just thought as a canadian they really could have she didn't strike me as the stereotypical canadian what you would think she was very mean 
very well, mean to Martin Sheen the whole time. I don't know why. From the beginning, where she turned up at the at the hostel, she was sitting on the, on the side and, was, and huffing away at a cigarette. And she's like, "Oh, hello, Boomer!" And she keeps calling him Boomer, and I'm like, well, "That's awfully mean. Like, you don't even know this man." And she keeps referring to him as Boomer, yet she looks like a fucking baby Boomer herself. It was very strange to me. And then she keeps like blowing smoke in his face, and I'm just so confused. And she keeps being persistent. Why are you? Why are you walking? And she won't leave him alone. She's quite a bully. And I'm like, that is not Canadian values. Yeah. But why was she Canadian? I don't understand that. Maybe well, you can answer this. I think she was just Canadian because she was a Canadian actress, and they were making them from where they're actually from. But okay, wow. A big part- she does not represent all can me or any other canadians because she was an asshole at the beginning okay. two like points. a real asshole two points of one <laughs> one i'm gonna tell you why i'm laughing in a second but one yeah the whole thing about the camino de santiago is everyone has their own reason for walking it and some people just do it because they want to do it and they come out you know having had some revelations about themselves and then there's other people who've really been struggling and they're gro- going through something and you know, they need that time, that walk, that, you know, just the whole spiritual aspect of it to regroup and work through some things on the journey. So each of these characters is actually working through something. So just as Martin Sheen starts standoffish, she really does too. Right. And then you see her character development as we go. But the reason I was laughing is because when I when I was watching this, big part, one of my biggest questions is, you know, if I were any of these people, who would I be? And I mm. came to the conclusion that I would be the fat Dutch man who's always the one bringing alcohol, <laughs> who's like, I'll order whatever the fuck I want. And like, right. he, he keeps talking about losing weight, but then he's just like, I'm going to indulge in what I want to indulge in. And I was like, I can relate to this man. Well, because that's I, his thing, right? He's Yeah. He's then, trying to lose weight. And then when yeah. I thought about who you would be. <laughs> Oh, I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> I thought you would be her. You, you're not smoking anymore. You quit. I'll give you that. But like, I grew up knowing you as a smoker. Yeah. Just smoking and probably, to be honest, like, I, like most people who meet you know you're lovely and everything. I've seen you on some of your worst days. So I was like, I can relate the mean woman. <laughs> oh, fine. Okay. I'll give you, she was blonde and she smoked. <laughs> And she had a little bit of an, but she was mean as hell. I would never be mean to a random True. man, well, I know, I like know. an older man on traveling by himself. And if he came outside for some fresh air and I was huffing away at a cigarette, I wouldn't be, hey, Boomer, what are you doing here? What's your story, Boomer? I mean, she was awful. But I, I mean, I do get, because out of the four of them, who else would I be? And the only, if you took away the smoking yeah, and the blonde hair, if she was like any, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I had to choose and that's who you were. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'd be more like Martin Sheen, to be honest. He at least, if I, if I, I'm, he just, he wasn't awful to people. He was like, let me go about my business and leave me alone. That would be me. Yeah, that's true. If I don't want to, if I don't want to talk to people, I'm not mean to them, but I'm like, all right, I give them the body language, which, you know, you obviously wouldn't pick up because you're the Dutchman. Yeah, I mean, I would. It's just, do I care? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, that blonde woman, I'm not like her, please. She was awful. She was such a bitch. I mean, she... She She's such a bitch. As you learn more of her story as the movie progresses, 
you know, you warm up to her. She's still not like, you I know, this didn't. warm. I didn't like her. Loving person at the end, but you kind of warm up to her a little bit or understand maybe why she is the way she is. Maybe, but still, I think, you know, you have to take responsibility for your own actions and how she treated the rest of them on that trail. I have no idea why any of them even decided to walk with her. I'd be like, get fucked, bitch. You can walk alone. He calls her out at the beginning when he first meets her. He calls her out and he's like, you sound like an angry woman. True. Um, Yeah. And then on the way, you actually see her have more endearing, like, um, interactions with the other characters one-on-one. It's just because Mark... Yeah, she's like one of those women who needs someone else to be lovely for them to be reciprocate versus just being lovely from the get-go. Fine. So, and her story anyway, she's trying to quit smoking. These are the stories they tell at the beginning. Right. But then as you watch, it's like deeper than that. But I actually wanted to talk about when we said, when people walk walk the, the trail, you know, like you said, there's people that do it for a reason and it's like this big spiritual, like journey for them now i am not one of these people when it comes to traveling like i would be one of those people and i know steph you and i have talked about doing this well you have yep we're doing it for my 40th birthday you had planned this and i i didn't know anything about it but i'm there obviously i'm there you already agreed to it in another episode (laughs) i know i know i did i know but i'm just saying i don't remember this but um but i'm definitely one of those people when it comes to doing things like this i do them for the sake of doing them like, yeah. I don't think, and, and I'm not saying, you know, I get that people have reasons to do this, like, um, and that's great. But I also think when we, when we talk about, um, things like this, I almost wish in the film, they did have a character that was just doing it for the sake of doing it. Because I feel yeah. like there's people that don't do things like this when they travel because they feel like there's no reason to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same where I use the example of getting a tattoo. There's people that don't ever get a tattoo because they feel like they need some deep meaning behind it when you don't. If you want a tattoo, just get a tattoo for the art of a tattoo. So it's the same with these types of things where I think there are people that are, when when we build up these big stories and make these big, you know, and films like this, people watch it and be like, oh, wow, like maybe one day I would do it if I had, you know, if, yeah, my son died or I don't know. It's for me, I would just do it because I want to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And even a couple of weeks ago, we were interviewing Will and Jessica from World Towning and they did mm-hmm. the Camino with their kids and the sa- same thing. Like they just did it because they thought they would do it. And then they right. talked about, you know, how the journey went. But yeah, absolutely. And I think like yeah. even me, I want to do it because I've dreamt about doing it for over 10 years now. So it's a goal. Yeah. But when I actually think about like, am I doing it for a purpose? I'm like, mm, I think it's more yeah. like a goal I set for myself. And I think when I was watching the film and it's great, all the characters did have a story, but I almost wish there was a character in their little group that was okay. just the person that just was that loved traveling like his son, because really, actually, if you think about it, his son did it for the mm. purpose of traveling and wanted to see the world. So I almost wish there was someone there that was almost like. I don't know, not the level-headed one, that's not the right word, but to show that, you know, it had like that spark in life. And actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe that was Emilio Estevez's character and he was supposed to be there with them the whole time in spirit because actually, Mm -hmm. as you watch it, there's like scenes where, you know, Martin Sheen is seeing his son, Emilio, which his name is Daniel in the movie, but... yeah. You know, whatever. Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez. And uh, there's parts of it where he sees him, you know, like he's walking with him, but obviously he's not really there. So maybe that's, maybe he is, maybe that character did exist then. 
you know, maybe it was yeah. his character and he was walking with them in spirit and he's the one almost guiding them being like, Hey guys, like I'm doing this for the love of wanting to see the world and travel and whatever. And then the rest of you like, follow me. I'll be the positive, like guiding force. Mm-hmm. And you guys can deal with your shit as you walk with me. Yeah. I don't know. I have nothing to add to that. Now we came full circle. We did. So, a lot of the scenes in this, you know, they're walking and they're threesome and then they come across the next character. They become the foursome that travels throughout the movie who seems to be, at first glance, a very eccentric man out in the field uh, losing his shit. And he comes across and he is an Irish man who's there. He's been on the Camino. This is like day two for them. Day three, maybe. And yeah. this Irish man is at the day three walk. But he's been on the trail for over a month. Which is absurd. What have you been doing for a month? Yeah. How long does the trail take? A week? No, Andrea, it's 800 kilometers. Oh, I don't know. How long is that? <laughs> well, do you want to walk 120 or so kilometers a day? I mean, I probably could. I, I Debatable. <laughs> okay, two weeks? Absolutely I don't know. How debatable. long does this normally take? How so, long does this take? I don't know. T- Again, you're the yeah, one that's typically- planned this for me for your 40th birthday. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so typically it takes between 30 to 35 days. So a month and a few extra days. Yeah. So right. you need the time off work in a few years. FYI. You, oh, well, better start working on that now. <laughs> yeah. The route most people do, it's 800. So you end up doing 25 to 30 kilometers a day basically (laughs) got it (laughs) yeah so in the movie i guess it is absurd if you think about it that he's still you know still absurd yeah remark in a month but when you're watching the movie you kind of lose track of how many actual days it's been so i didn't really think about it i was like oh it makes sense this guy's been just taking his time so at his story that we learn at the beginning is he's a writer who's essentially career has stalled he's got writer's block he's not writing anything new And he's uninspired. So he says he's walking the Camino to try to find inspiration again. I feel like he has more of a purpose. Well, no, not than than Martin Sheen, but the two others. (laughs) The Dutch man who wants to lose weight and the blonde woman who wants to quit smoking. He's He's at a stalemate in his career and he doesn't know what to do or what's next or how to get his mojo back. So he's... I don't know. Maybe it's my affinity for the Irish, but I quite liked his quirky little introduction. Yeah, I remember. So when they met him, it was he. Yeah, he's losing his shit in a field and then they meet him and then he's like, hey, he flat out asks them, can I walk with you? Yeah. And they are so standoffish with this guy. And I couldn't help but think I'm like, I'm sorry. Fucking Dutchman doesn't even bother asking. Just joins the blonde woman who's a cranky old bitch. She just starts walking. And then this little Irishman who's quite cute he politely asks and they're like meh meh we don't really want you there and then it was the Dutchman that's like all right fine hesitantly I was so angry at that part because I thought they really didn't none of them really had uh was it expressed the sort of traveler they really traveling ethos traveler's ethos that's it yeah and I mean if I was that Irishman I would have told them to 
fuck off and I would have found a nicer group that would have accepted me but then they did accept him in the end well and I think that's part of the journey too is they're they're all a bit kind of other than Juice who's like so in your face that it is a bit standoffish watching him Uh they're all kind of difficult people in their own right and that's why those four people are coming together right you know there's a beauty in that how the four four difficult people find each other you know and they all grow together as the movie goes on one of the scenes I thought was very unrealistic, I'll say. They all go into uh, a bar in the mm-hmm. middle of some town in Spain. Okay. And they leave their backpacks outside unattended. And then next thing, Martin Sheen looks over and starts screaming about a gypsy boy stealing his bag. And they go chasing after this boy. But they kept referring to these Spanish, uh, presumably Roma people, as gypsies. Now, if... If this film was done 10 years ago, I'm pretty certain the term gypsy was still derogatory 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm very familiar that the term gypsy, and I know people still use it, but it's highly offensive and it shouldn't be used anymore. And they use it quite a lot in this film. And I actually had to look up. I was like, when did this film come out? And yeah, as you said, it was 2010. But A, who fucking leaves their bag sitting outside unattended? I mean, I guess we'll find out if people actually do, like, when we're there. Well, I mean, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, because also there's a scene earlier in the film where Martin Sheen drops his bag in a river and has to swim and collect it. So he's already lost his bag once, presumably with his passport in there, as a traveler. Yeah, true. That's the number one thing we guard with our life is our passports. Right. That was in his bag probably but anyways um but yeah so the use of the term gypsy i thought in the film maybe they could have did you not pick up on that oh i didn't pick up on that at all actually i mean it wasn't really the four characters referring to them as gypsies it was later when the kid's father comes into scene he's referring to themselves as gypsies Um, right but anyone in real life they wouldn't be referring to themselves as gypsies that's what i'm saying so whoever wrote the film yeah i mean watching it i did think and this is different but 2010 wasn't that long ago but even watching it now i think if they were to make this movie now i also think there'd be a more of a bit of a diverse cast also oh yeah good point um so i did think of that as i was watching it but um yeah yeah. i think it is one of those terms that is still I, i i don't i don't know anyone is listening if you're not familiar with it it's not a term that you're meant to be using anymore i i don't know they just painted it in a bad light there's a boy stealing a bag like it was just the whole stereotype you know well but what's interesting is coming out of that because i did actually i was you know taking notes as i rewatched it and i did say say, i wrote down the scene with the gypsies and stereotypes they go basically the group gets invited they the bag gets returned and they're invited out to an evening with them um Mm -hmm. you know to try to you know some sort of penance that the child did this and they want to make it up to them. Um, and I just thought that was a good representation of how we do put stereotypes onto groups of people. And when they go to that evening out with them, just that, you know, people are so much more than the glimpse we get of them and their communities and their cultures that, you know, there's always more mm. to people. So I thought them going to that Absolutely. party. Yeah. I just thought in the film, though, like in that part, I agree with everything you're saying. And I think it's, a, as you said, a really good representation. And when you do travel and you experience these new cultures, like um, you can break down some of those stereotypes. But they did it. They led up to that point with the exact stereotype that people yeah. from like Roma communities 
would be like, what the hell? Like, so you've got one of our children running and stealing a bag. See, I think they could have just done it without that. Okay. But I don't know. I mean. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the, it's the negative stereotype that they let it with. <laughs> When actually they could have been like, hey, come to our party. And they didn't need to steal a bag to begin with. Well, they call him out on that too. In like in the bar scene when the bag gets returned and the father says, you know, we have people view us in this awful light, you know, and we're working mm. so hard against that. And people in the bar are like, well, your kid's not helping with that. True. <laughs> and true. He's like, yes. I'd yeah. also like to point out that the father was Zorro. He came in like with the Zorro hat yeah, and yeah. the mustache. Like yeah. he was like, and he spoke like Zorro. It was very. I was like, oh, where are we going with this? I was waiting for him to like pull his sword out and have a have a duel, but they didn't. I was secretly wanting Sarah to hook up with Zorro because I was like, yes, let's get her some action. She'll be nicer. <laughs> Travel <laughs> yeah, romance totally. didn't happen. No, I was like this. This bitch just needs to get laid. That's that's what Sarah needed. That's why she kept... She just wanted to get into the boomer's pants. That's what I think. All right, true. So talking about how, you know, the core group of these four people are running into different people along their journey. So each night, obviously, you stay at basically a hostel equivalent. And everyone... They meet different people at the hostels. And these are really like... You know, these scenes are a couple minutes long. They're glimpses into characters who you know just are anyone you could meet while you're traveling but the one underlying theme that they really drove home throughout everywhere they were staying is just the characters were bearing witness to all the things that people wanted to do in life and didn't so Mm. they run into you know a man and martin sheen wakes up really early in the morning and he sees him out in the garden like you know pretending to be a bullfighter and he catches him and the man says oh it was always my dream but you know, here I am. And you get a lot of that in people. So I really thought they were driving home and just trying to get people to think about, you know, what we really want to do in life and the excuses we make as to why we're not doing it. Yeah. Who was, was that the crazy man that played two characters? No, this was just a man. The crazy man was a great representation of like 
the batshit people you meet on the road. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a man, there's another scene with he's like the owner of a hostel. One of the hostel, I think. And he's like It's a great it's a great arc to the scene though. I don't know if we should give it away, do you think? No, we won't. Okay. No, no, of course we don't well, we don't have to give it away, but it's, it's a lot. <laughs> As they continue on and you really see people opening up and this part I don't want to give too much away, but you learn about why each of them are actually doing it because the reason they yes. give in the beginning are not the real reasons um, which i think really shows how closed off like we talked about how closed off they are at the beginning and yeah by the end where they actually open up because at this point even charlie sheen sorry not charlie sheen martin Tom? sheen charlie sheen is not in this film <laughs> I don't think he would really fit the bill for this film. No. Martin Sheen, though, his father, at this point, still hasn't told anyone why he's mm-hmm. there. I mean, I think out of all of them, his is the biggest mystery. Because, if anything, he actually says, I'm just here to do the walk. Right? Yeah. Like, he's just... But they know it's not true. So, all of them are still being a little bit deceitful with each other. Yeah. And so, they're opening up as they go. And by the end, Martin Sheen is really... He's talking... He's now talking about his son. And he's opening up mm-hmm. and there's an interesting bond between himself and the writer and the story of his son. So it's really quite beautiful. It's really well done. And what I loved, a moment that got me at the end. So you get passport stamps as you're going along. And at the end, you get a certificate and you have to hand in your completed passport to show you actually did the whole walk to get the certificate. Yeah. And he says, when they say, did you you know, did you complete the entire walk? He says, yes, we did. He shifted from that mentality of like, I'm doing this to like the group mentality of like, yeah, we just did this. And I thought that was I really took it cool. as we, I thought it was we as in me and my son. That's See, how I, I took it. I don't think, I think uh. he meant we as the group because they'd all walked in together and then he remembered. He actually, and it's that whole over that storyline as well, where they talk about at the beginning He's doing this for his son. And at the end, he's doing it for him. But like he says, yeah, we did it. And then he remembers, oh, I was doing this for my son. So and he, he corrects himself. He forgot about his dead son I, after 30 days. I, <laughs> no, but, you know, I know what you mean. Because he gets, they, so there's the scene where he hands his, uh, you know, he gets his certificate or whatever. And they write your mm-hmm. name. Which the same, they do the same when I did like Kilimanjaro. You get a little certificate. And they write your name and the date you did it. And like the time you finished, whatever. And he gets it back. And it's got Martin Sheen's name on it. So it says Martin Sheen has completed <laughs> the, it doesn't say Martin, but it's, what's his name again? Tom. T- Ted, Tom. It Tom. says Tom Avery has completed. And then he gets it back and he's looking at it and feeling all proud. And then he's like, oh, wait a second. And then he hands it back to the man. And he's like, actually, I've given you the wrong name. And then the man's like, oh, I've already written your name on it. Which, if I was the man, I'd be like, motherfucker, how'd you get your name wrong? Like, you know yeah. your name. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here all day doing these goddamn certificates. You know, these don't come cheap. But he gives it back to him, and he gives him his son's name. And I did think that was really touching. Yeah, that was quite beautiful. So it said, Emilio, Emilio Estevez has completed <laughs> the trail. Yeah. yeah, so his son started it, and his son, not how he planned, but his son finished it. And I cried again here, too, to be honest. Yeah, they he, they get the passport and it's you know this feeling of accomplishment. And to be honest, the first time I watched it, this is where I thought the movie was about to end. 
There's about 15 minutes after that's quite meaningful. But from here, and this is per tradition, you then go into the Shrine of St. James. St. James is patron saint of Spain. So there's a shrine to him. And when you go in it, essentially, traditionally, you touch the statue, you kiss it, and then you move on in to where there's a crypt with an altar where it's said to contain St. James. And then you work your way up into a cleansing ceremony. Mm. So So this is a real thing. Like, this is what actually happens? Okay. Yeah. So in the movie, they show you what you actually do at at the end of the walk. So good representation then in terms of what actually... Did they actually film this on the trail? Yeah. They did. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know, know, actually. (laughs) But I'm assuming you can't... Like, the Camino and the sites... I mean, I've always just assumed they did because... Yeah. It would be so simple to film it there versus to recreate It's actually it. like a Hollywood studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it in. Uh, anyways, okay, so they're in the church, yeah. Well, because from here, essentially it's the end. And mm. this is the official end of the walk. And this is where they were going to split up. But they formed such a bond along the way that the gypsy man, I don't know what else to call him now after you said that. That's how he identifies in the movie. Us saying using the term gypsy in this is just yeah, yeah. how they well, okay. refer to it in this? the film his name in the movie was ishmael so i'll call him ishmael well okay usually that's how you address people by their name <laughs> zorro <Sorry. laughs> okay so ishmael <laughs> so he actually and he made a quote as well that i really liked you know he knew, he realized that this man had someone's ashes in the bag and mm-hmm. that's why it was returned to him too but he said to him like you know i'm doing this walk for him and ishmael said to him you do this for him and you do this for you and then Mm -hmm. he told him that he needed to continue on the journey until the very end so there's an kind of an optional leg i want to call it um where basically you go to you can't walk anymore you're at the ocean Mm -hmm. so he said you need to get there and that is where you leave the rest of your son like you spread him there so Tom, he's going to finish that section of the trail by himself because the other three are departing. So they do this ritual in the Shrine of St. James. And then they all, because they've all formed such a bond, they can't leave them to continue the journey. So they go to the end and then that's where I'm going to leave it because people need to see it for themselves. And it's a absolutely beautiful. I cry again at the end. <laughs> There's, I think, part at the end that really does sort of resonate that resonated with me in terms of traveling where, you know, they end up walking with Martin Sheen, right? Because as you said, they created this bond and they get to the end and, and they're kind of standing there and this like really beautiful scene by the water. And they then do disperse kind of one by one, leaving Martin Sheen Mm -hmm. there alone. And it's, it's, it really does remind me of traveling when, as you said, you create these bonds so quickly and then they are just kind of over like that. And mm-hmm. people do end up leaving. And there's something really heavy about it. I don't know. And like me watching that scene, I was like, God, that is what it's like when you do, you know, because they are people that you probably, a lot of them will never see again. And I yeah. wonder in that scene if that's what he was thinking, because they all come from, as we said, different walks of, of the earth. And it was a, it was a very real scene for me, because I've felt that before, where you see your travel friends one by one kind of go their own way, you know, which is what yeah. they kind of did. Yeah. And on that note, everyone needs to watch this and let yeah. me know if you cried like I cry. Yeah. Or let me know if you think some of it was a little cheese. Oh, okay. I will say that there are a few cheesy moments and, you know, that's part of travel though is like the weird, quirky, 
things. And the one I loved that stood out to me is Martin Sheen walks out early in the morning, goes outside, and there's a man hanging laundry on the line in a thong, just a thong. And he just turns around because he hears Martin Sheen walk out. And he's like, oh, hello. And this is towards the beginning. And Martin Sheen's just like, "Mm," and he nods and like turns around and walks back inside uncomfortably. And I was like, this is the naked Europeans we were talking about in our hostel etiquette episode. (laughs) Steph loves a naked European. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, there they are. They're everywhere. Yeah. I do think there, there is quite a lot of sort of travel stereotypes in the film and they're not all bad and they're well, not a lot of all times stereotypes you know are grounded in yeah truth sometimes there's some truth yeah i mean i would yeah. say again the 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 travelers or the gypsy scene oh, was probably not, the only like really yeah. negative one but yeah. i guess what they're trying to highlight though is you know look at all the different people from all the different walks of earth but i guess at the end yeah it's he kind of goes through this it's his own journey. It starts as his son's journey. It ends with his, and he has this total enlightenment. And it is, you know, I'll say I watched it, and at the end, I was, I was like, yes, Martin Sheen. I was sending <laughs> yeah. stuff videos of my reaction to the film throughout, and I was like cheering for him at the end because I loved him even more at the end because yes. he just he found his way, you know, he, the way he found the way. It was like it was almost like his son had to die. For him to live. This is horrible. It's true oh. though. <laughs> okay. And I, I wonder if at the end he recognized that. Yeah. This is what a film review is, Steph. You go deep. True. So that just made me sad, but it's true to the movie. Emilio had to die for him to live. Yeah. I think his son would have been proud of him. His son saw the world. Yes. So. All right. Um, guys, that's our first mo- movie review. Uh, how did we do? The ne- next Siskel uh, and Ebert, they're dead now, aren't they? I don't sure. know. I don't know. I think, one of, I think one of them is. I don't think one of them well, is. But um, I think we could. We've got a, a possibly a new career path in yes. film reviews. <laughs> Maybe I should learn the characters' names. That should that should be one of the first things instead of using the uh, <laughs> actors' names. But I mean, it's Martin and Emilio. Come on. And guys, if you have any movie suggestions, send those our yeah. way. What travel yeah. movies do you love? I will say uh, right now, we're not reviewing Eat, Pray, Love. So don't give us I that. was going to say that now. I was like, we can't. It's too cliche. Like, we're not. Okay. All right, guys. We will see you next time. <laughs> see ya. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit Have Learned Abroad Pod. And donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.